0: Nick, would you like to uh, start with uh, an outrageous non sequitur that we can put as a, as a trailer and people will be listening just to see how our conversation links up to this bizarre thing you've said?
1: Um, before joining this conversation, the last thing my sister said to me was don't mention the serial killers. Well, that summon
2: them. That's half our questions.
1: I know. I know. No, but just—I don't have to do what my fucking sister tells me. We were hoping to get a confession. Anymore. We've
2: got like fifty FBI agents on the other side of the door waiting to pound.
1: <laughs> well, look—if I'm not going to die on this podcast, I at least want to be at least arrested on the podcast. That's 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 the second way to get ratings. I think. Okay, I'll make some calls. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll plant some shit on your hard drive. <laughs> oh no <laughs> Got you again I've already uh, nailed the transmissions fuckers and now I've <laughs> I'm taking you bitches down
2: oh Nick what have you done to Marion
1: <laughs> she's the first to fall and now you know what I'm capable of in fairness if <laughs> if Marion's gone we're all screwed right she, she seemed to have this shit together <laughs>
3: podcast maximus i am marian hilditch and here with me today i have got tom mcnally
2: i am tom mcnally
3: and sure web
2: and i am not tom mcnally you fool
3: the three of us can be found on the web as podcast maximus on the tfr guide website on twitter and facebook and you can listen to the podcast on itunes if you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review, but don't go just yet because today we have with us a very special guest, someone we've been trying to get on this podcast for many years, in fact, and here he finally is. He is the writer of many Transformers titles for IGW, including Last Stand of the Wrecker, Spotlight Mechatron, Sins of the Wrecker, Spotlight Cup, and also um artist for marvel's new warriors revolutionary war that's it too and more recently spider-man renew your vows ladies and gentlemen it is mr nick roach hello nick
1: hello thank you for the obituary that was uh it was quite uh quite a rundown it's it's gonna be good and now i can't wait to hear what you uh what you get really think of me
3: (laughs) (laughs) oh and i've left stuff out as well um important stuff i've left monster motors out I mean, uh, that,
1: that's important to, to me and, and you and, and the cool kids But so you know i think i think in a cv i'm not sure <laughs> i'm not sure why far it's gonna get me hopefully far someday but uh, yeah monster motors i love monster motors
3: oh we all love monster motors God and bless you. nick um you you've been there since the very beginning You've been there since IDW's issue zero infiltration. At the at the very back of the issue, there was a certain drawing there of a certain IDW Transformers editor, um, Mr. Chris Ryle. I believe.
1: R.I.P. Yeah yeah uh, sadly moved on from this world yeah. <laughs> and he's he's now one of the, literally one of the walking dead i believe so he's a he's under Rob Kirkman's employee so um uh yeah i know yeah i think i think i might be maybe almost last man standing i'm not sure i'm not sure it depends who ends up on the last uh the last bunch of credits i guess so uh yeah, yeah.
2: I was trying to uh, work it out earlier, and I think uh, discounting sort of special guest return appearances like Jeff Senior, who we might be mentioning later on, I think sort of the three big, long-standing Transformers artists, yourself, Alex Mill, and uh, Guido Guidi. Guess so. He's uh, the widow because he goes all the way back to Armada. Oh, to I guess wins.
1: so. And yeah, I think yeah. I, I guess we'll give him that one. Okay, fine, fine, all right. Uh, uh, can can't have anything. Can't, you know, <laughs> that's exactly how I should look at it, Tom. I'm so sorry. Thank you. I, like, can you are my new father figure for that alone? You will teach me how to have patience on my snooker shots <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and how how to how to wait uh, for the pizza to be ready and stuff. So yes, I'm right. I should be deferential and conscientious. I'll Cut try and be out. more of the prowl father figure and less <laughs> of the tarantulas. Yeah, that's the thing. When I mentioned father figure, I've got, a, you know, I, my, my the, the four I've created are, are differing in qualities and values, aren't they? So, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, Nick, thank you for joining us today. Um, and... Um, You have been there from the beginning, and I think you have been uh, one of the biggest contributors to the IDW story. Uh, Even though your issue count might not be as great, your contributions have have left a lot of ripples on the universe. Yeah, I did it.
1: It's tricky, isn't it, how I did that? I don't know how I managed to sort of just leave a terrible smell after only a few <laughs> visits, which is <laughs> very much like my real life. And uh, yeah, it's... Uh, no, it's true. Yeah, I haven't got anywhere near the sort of page count writing or, or art-wise as, as most of the other guys. But luckily, you know, maybe that's my the, the the secret behind my longevity, I think. Maybe that's because people... I, I kind of escape so before people get really tired of me, you know, before that kind of seven-year itch kind of sets in. And people think I'm a people think I'm a real cool guy. Uh, <laughs> whereas if I if I'd actually put in the effort, they'd be like, "This guy is really tedious." As we will find out over the next ninety minutes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you you have been unique in the over the course of eleven years now. Uh, you have been able to tell the story of the same characters. Uh, I think you're the only one who's achieved this out of all IW writers. Uh, When you set out to write Spotlight Cup, did you have a bigger story in mind?
1: No, not really. I I really didn't because I I think I've I've said in other interviews that it was always part of my hope and plan, as much as I had control over the plan, to draw Transformers. I never really thought that I'd get a chance to write them because Mm -hmm. that's Simon Furman's job. So. I'm not going to get a go of that. And I don't want to because Simon Furman's writing them. And I want to read Simon Furman's Transformers comics. Um, So, but I only got the spotlight cup gig because uh, I was quite friendly with Chris. I still am with the then editor in chief, Chris Royal. And he was sort of saying that like they're looking at getting a few more people in um, to write the spotlights while Furman kind of handled the the main stuff. And did I know anyone? And I did. My first thought was um, this plucky little um, little chap in Guernsey, this little Channel little little Englander, little Channel Islander, <laughs> little Jim Bob Roberts. I thought I'd give him a shout and, and send him Chris's way. And then I remember just going off and. Uh, I was in the shower later on and that's where all the best uh, walking you in the shower and that's where the best ideas come to me I think and um, I, I don't do enough of either and um, you need to get a really big shower just a, a really long sort of like Olympic pool length shower and just stride imagine twice the stories and half the quality and um, and then I, remember I just started thinking. I might have a few ideas. I might have a few ideas, and then I emailed them back and said, "Hey, can I can I do this?" And because Chris and I had a good kind of correspondence relationship, and I could you know use semi proper punctuation um, semi regularly. And I showed a clear uh, understanding of the Transformers and their their mythos. Uh then he sort of said, Yeah, sure, have a go. Uh so I thought it would just be what it was a one-shot. Um I definitely left sort of bits dangling and, and by the I uh, mean uh, story threads dangling. Um the the shower and uh, the walk situation. I don't want you to be put in mind of bits dangling after those. Um so I you know that I definitely after I got a taste for it and I sort of thought that maybe yeah, I could see the rehabilitation of cup would be kind of good and, and i'd like to be behind that um but no uh, i was i, was kind of, I thought maybe I'd, it was just something i tucked off i ticked off a, bu- a bucket list and i've been quite lucky with that bucket list and and then it's almost kind of gone against me in some ways because all i ever wanted to do is draw transformers so tick that off and then i really want to work for marvel and i take that off and draw death Head for marvel comics and tick that off but as soon as you kind of achieve those things you've got to recalibrate and i've had to, you know my, my dream come true's felt have come quite quite quick, not not necessarily easy, so you often have to kind of find your drive again and find the next thing that kind of fires you up that was a long answer, wasn't it?
3: Well, actually, since you bring that up, you did uh, give an interview, I think it was back in, oh, maybe 2005? No, it can't have been, it must have been a bit later, uh, where you had just had, um, you've just uh, written Spotlight Cup, I think, and you were asked, what do you want to do over the next 10 years? And you said, well, I just want to draw Transformers. Um, and then you said, here we are. Ask me again in 10 years time, you said, so here <laughs> we <hilarious>. are. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: do
3: you want to do next?
1: I don't want to draw any more transformers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's not true. Well no, it, it's it's semi-true. If if the IDW universe was continuing and I was allowed to be part of I would like I'd like to definitely like to write more, but I think I don't know. I definitely think I've kind of drawn I've drawn all the transformers all the different ways that I want to draw them, I think. Um, and I think I felt that during Requiem a little bit. Although I definitely didn't want to draw them for any other writers and, and not because of the quality of their story they just i felt like i was more inspired to draw transformers when i was writing for myself i think most creators would say that they like to draw their own stories uh if they can um kind of right sorry to no you. Carry on. no what you what were you gonna say i was i was, I was well, gonna I, say just...
0: I, I, it's, it's funny you say that uh all, drawing transformers in all the different ways because it seemed right from the beginning in spotlight cup you kind of made a real trademark of yourself of being able to be an artist and a writer of having different art styles. I'm so versatile. Yeah, mixed in with sort of different perspectives. And that kinda of, you know, obviously continues into left stand and uh you've you've kind of it's reached its uh you kind of become even more powerful with Requiem. You know, you've got different artists all altogether. I know. Um,
1: I've evolved different into different scenes. artists. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm the leisure maximo to their to their hub. So yeah, to their second oh. generation. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pulling all the strings.
0: Um, and and you know, right away in Spotlight Cup, you know, as a bravura, um, performance there, you you even blend it quite well with the. Uh, with the colorist it was andrew elder yeah that um i I, i've always been curious were there conversations between the two of you about how that look um when you're from cup's perspective it's all very blocked out and textures and then it becomes kind of more of a conventional transformers comic
1: yeah um so yeah go ahead tom finish your finish your question uh is it
0: it was just the level of communication between you and your fellow artists. There. Is that direct or is it through editors? Uh, with well, with,
1: with copper, I felt it was less direct. I'm not sure if I... Because I'd never met Andrew before. With kind of other colorists, I kind of had a, maybe a bit of a relationship. And that's not quite true. I, 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 when I first started doing stuff for IDW, I was often paired with Rob Ruffalo, who was a colorist from the Dreamwave era. And uh, I didn't... He was very much sort of like handed the colours to the editor and then... Color, the, uh, I handed the artwork to the editor, and then the colors came back from from him. Uh, but I don't think he and I terribly, gel terribly well visually. I think he's mm-hmm. fine colorist, and his stuff was you know great in Dreamwave. But oh. I didn't really, I didn't really suit my stuff every time. I was also having monitor problems at the time when I first started working in comics, and so I was complaining a lot about things not looking right, and then discovering that actually they looked they looked fine. Thank you very much, Nick. Um, so, but then I was working with Josh Burton and he and I had kind of had like a bit of a kind of relationship uh, in the fan the fan scene. A couple of years previously i kind of was doing samples online and he was trying to get work in dreamwave and so was i and so he kind of coupled up with me and um and he was like he was something like 12 at the time no he was like he was like 17 or 18 at the time and he was just you know he was amazing he was you know professional ready then and just has only gotten better 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 and then with cup andrew elder uh there was communication but there wasn't that sort of personal relationship like friendship that maybe i would have had with josh and i've never worked with andrew again and his it's 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 so weird like the Oh, I, you know, in my head and I think in, in truth a lot of my most well received stuff I've done has been with like Josh Burchin, but then something like Spotlight Cup you've got Josh Perez doing my cover colours and I never gave any directions to that I just sent off the, the cover and, and came back that's one of my favourite covers still it's just amazingly colored cover and then andrew there's notes in the script sort of saying this this needs to be a certain way it needs to be nightmarish and then that needs to be but i think that was it really there might have been one or two sort of like tweaks as we went but there wasn't not the same level that josh and i would have and even now actually when i say that josh and i would have communication we kind of don't even do that anymore because we're kind of on the same wavelength i'm kind of okay for stuff just to go to josh and it'll come back pretty much how i want anyway although and then i say that then josh will tell you that's not true Nick you you often tell me to change stuff, so um, but there is there is a, if you can be upfront the best thing to do is, is be upfront with what you want with the colorist uh, within a reason you don't want to sort of like micromanage them and because you're not a colorist and if you're if you're able to do this do it yourself, don't be telling other people how to do their jobs, but it's better to give them the notes with the script and with the actual drawings as opposed to once they've sort of spent twenty four hours straight on something, and then you sort of saying, "Yeah, but could you what do you mind doing yeah but." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: So with uh, with Josh, um, who uh, whose uh, sort of colors very much uh, form part of the identity of both Last Stand of the Wreckers and uh, Since of the Wreckers books.
1: 100%, uh, yeah.
3: Um, did you, the way that you communicated with him, was it sort of to say, uh, I'm kind of going for this? Often do it or uh, like how how did you define the tone of this did Josh just go off as you say and sort of come back because especially Since of the Records is such a unique book visually um, uh, was that all Josh or was that just something that there was some direction from you
1: I think there was some direction from me a little bit but oftentimes I uh, you know I'll say something and I think I'm describing it well or I think I'm describing it in a way that, oh sure, this would be possible for a monthly book to achieve on every page, but isn't, Do you know, like it's, it Josh will go, no, Nick, I, I can't do that and, you know, earn money at the same time <laughs> uh, and then he'd come up with something that's probably better and and, and is more kind of production effective. Um, and then, he, he, yeah, so I remember he sent off a few pages from Sins of the Wreckers uh, and I probably would have said maybe a little bit more of that or a bit more of that and then kind of once that tone was set, we were sort of off to the races. But I think I remember just it's just being in the description and even just being in the script itself of just saying, this is an oppressive atmosphere or you will, you know, you must feel the, um, the crushing loneliness of the Arctic wasteland and stuff. And he kind of, he, <laughs> he's just, he's just able to sort of translate that, I think. Uh, and then with the noise maze, he was, I, I kind of, I remember we, I think we just did, just did some Google image searches between us and kind of came up with ideas. And I think, I think the idea he came up with was like, um, he showed me the picture of like a, kind of like a 1990s era, um, disposable plastic cup uh, like drinking cup as opposed to Transformers cup uh, like, I, and it kind of had just a weird sort of kind of um, kind of blues kind of turquoises and kind of like knocked back pinks and things like that and he said what about this for the noise maze I'm like I guess. And, and then that's what he, that's what he used. He, uh, and he, he's able to use that. And the kind of, and that's like the noise maze is just incredible. looking. Uh, th- those scenes are incredible, but, but yeah. the stuff, the stuff set on earth is it's just like, I mean, that really is like as, as good as you're going to get on the stands, I think. And he, the thing about Josh is not, it's not just thinking taking my notes on board. He's thinking, he he knows that he's part of the story as well. That the colors tell such a huge part of the story and they really do in sins of the records. As, and I mean, they, they do in last stand as well, because that kind of like that red sky is like so all pervading that sky on Garrison line. And that's kind of what you end up associating with kind of last stand of the records then, and kind of the idea of the records in general before sins came along, I think. Uh, but Jesus, he did such a good job on sins of the records. And then kind of repeated, I think Requiem of the records is, it feels very much, it's it's kind of the second, the next part of the sins of the Records story in some ways, which is kind of the only way we really could go with the amount of time and amount of pages we had left to do. So it's similar in tone in, in 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 not in tone in style because it's not it's not similar the story isn't similar in tone to Sins of the Records but it kind of takes where we left those characters and kind of brings them off from there so his you know the style will be similar and the style of drawing is quite similar as well I, I didn't I didn't pull any drastic sort of changes really with the art style um, between Sins of the Records and Requiem really
3: oh, I cannot wait to see
1: uh, what you've both oh, come I up with I can't wait for you to see it I'm really excited now to see it. and they were so close to it being seen, you know, you know, by, 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 by legal means or otherwise. Now. So, and it's a, uh, I would, I can't wait to hear what people think of it. Um, I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a 40 page story, but I, I, I not worried. I think, I, I think there might be a five issue mini series crammed into those 40 pages, <laughs> but, um, but we'll see, we'll see. There's kind of, there's a lot, there's a lot happening in, 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 in a very short amount of time, but we had, we had a lot to get done, so. Oh, people! Well, like
0: you're you very adept at this compression. Um, uh, uh, you know, this morning I was reading All Hell Megatron number fifteen. Oh yeah, and yeah, talking about setting up things for later. You also play really well in the. You're you're sharing the toys well. I like doing that. Yeah, he's just come in and is quite a different character in All Hell Megatron from how he's been in your spotlight. Yeah. But yeah, it seemed like you were really delighted in, in knitting those two things together. You took a visual cue and made it a big part
1: of uh, of your story. I couldn't I couldn't believe I was asked to do that. It was so nice because that was my first lesson in comics being comics. I think when I drew spot wrote and drew Spotlight Cup, and you know had to try to come up with this idea that Cup isn't this kind of like brash sort of you know kind of wise father figure. He's a bit sort of timid and a bit frail, and he's been knocked about and he's been through the ringer. And, you know, he's kind of like left sort of in, like, being rehabilitated, you know, being, uh, got, you know, just sort of uh, left on standby mode, essentially, at the end of a Spotlight Cup. And so then a few months later, when All High Megatron came along, uh, you know, Cup is up and about, and he's, you know, wearing its bulky new body, and he's, like, really kind of brash, and he's he's kind of the Cup that we're kind of familiar with, it. and he's taken more of a a more of a sort of a, a leadership sort of stance, I think in that. And so I was a little bit like for fuck. And then I was like, no, that's, <laughs> that's a genuine was, no, that is, that's just, this is what comics is. This is what it's like to share, You know, this is what this like. I can't complain about this. Imagine what Furman had to deal with. Genuinely, when he's written something and then he gets the next batch of either Hasbro edicts or Bujanski scripts, and he's like, "Oh my god!" And so, you know, it's sort of like, "Well, no, this is it's fine." And and I didn't know. I didn't think I was going to get a chance to write anymore. So, fine, it was done. It was. Of course, it was plausible that he could be repaired and reinstated, but then. I think Denton Tipton, the then editor of Transformers, he just he just really liked me and liked my stuff and was a real champion of my stuff. And when this kind of Coda series kind of came along, to kind of fill in the gaps and uh, yeah, just kind of, yeah, pl- plug a few little holes and kind of like, kind of be the, the ligature between all the hell Megatron and what was going to come next. And also what come before all hell Megatron uh, Denton, I think was the one who spoke up. Well, look, if we're going to do something that's going to cover cup, it should be the guy who introduced him. So I really have him to thank. And then I have him to thank for last time of the records as well, because when they were forming the new uh, kind of the three new books that were going to launch, we launched transformers back then, back in 2009, 2010, um, I think the the ongoing and the Bumblebee series are very much Andy Schmidt's babies because he's working with creators that he had already worked with before with those, whereas they, they wanted a series that was going to appeal more to the, the IDW fans that had kind of been there since 2005, 2006. And Denton said, well, you know, this, this, is the, this is the series and this is the guy to do it. So I really I really have to thank him a lot for you, that.
0: You've worked with just about every editor. I have. Trenton, I have. in have. In your long tenure um yeah he started off just when chris ryle was was still yeah uh yeah editing the book and now you're all the way through to david Marriott. yeah
1: david Marriott is so lovely he's like a a, a puppy like isn't like that makes him sound sort of inept and in need of sort of training and he's not that he's like yeah he's like a laser guided puppy i suppose he's got the enthusiasm (laughs) enthusiasm of a puppy um very well behaved puppy and uh and just like he's just honest he's just on top of his stuff and he Flippin' loves Transformers. He really loves it, and he gets it. And I think all, all the, I mean, most of the editors have done, especially very much since John Barber anyway, it's been like, between John and Carlos, and, and now David, it's been like, these guys are steeped in it. They care about this, like, you know, it's like they created it, essentially. Um, and that's not saying other editors don't, but other editors, you know, it's, it's the editors that sort of guns for hire and they're to kind of come here to kind of, uh, you know, make sure stuff gets done on time and kind of come up with new ways to tell stories. Um, but yeah, I've met, I've met them all. There's one of them, none of which I've just mentioned at all in it, since I started, um, who didn't last very long. And he I remember he, he contacted me with like four hours to spare. He'd forgotten to ask me for a cover and uh and like apparently his ass was on the line if this cover didn't come through so i can i think it was the space pirates cover i did with um metroplex rising out of the uh kind of out of autobot city it was kind of like a redo you know that, that classic iconic andrew wildman sort of scene yeah re- redraw that nick but make it make it you know in some ways better
2: <laughs> and have it done in four hours um so so did you just photocopy the original cover thought put your about name it, thought about, say, it hey. thought about it thought
1: <laughs> uh, but didn't? Uh, but I remember feeling very. It was actually during the time I was I was I was ill. I was I was I was supposed to be on Doctor Who, and I'd fallen ill. And Andrew sort of said, "But you're the only guy who can do this." I'm like, "I haven't drawn a comic in three months," and I uh, just remember sort of doing that, and then just basically, you know, throwing my soul up afterwards. But uh, it's not it's not a bad cover. But yeah, so it's it's easy to find out which which editor that is if you look at the credits.
2: He didn't last. He, he did well. Pl- plus, you just said he's dying as well. uh yeah, you said he his name said you're the only person you could roll the cover. Ooh.
1: No, don't we, we worry can about bleep it. That out don't there. worry about it. It's you fine. He's um there's you know it's fine, it's fine.
2: <laughs> Look, it's all over now. They can't fire me, can they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but well with, with Last Sand uh, that was sort of a big, big rock dropped into the IDW pool, really, because it's uh still got repercussions right up to more recent issues and more of a BTI have done callbacks to it. Uh, when you and James were working on that, how much of the stuff that they've picked up on since, were you deliberately leaving as friends to be picked up later? And how much of it was just uh, coincidence? Uh, Oh, that's a good idea. But Decepticon Justice League, that's an interesting phrase. I might do something with that later. Yeah, I
1: don't know. I, I... I I named the DJD apparently, uh, and like I I thought and I thought that they had been named before. You see, I I remember kind of putting that down, and I assumed that Simon had come up with that, and that was Banzai Tron and and all that stuff, and then apparently not. Uh, so uh, and James only reminded me of that like over the last couple of years. Um, no, it's just stuff you kind of you kind of add just there to add texture, really, you know, and it can be interpreted anyway. Like for example, you know, uh, Simon writing Ultramagnus saying stuff like Julie, appointed officer of the Thai Rest Accord." And then we decided that Tyrest was going to be a person, not a place, and, and you know. So it's kind of it's, you take little danglers like that. Uh, we took Furman's dangler and we uh, we shaped it into the, the balloon animal that you see <laughs> before you. Um, no, I I, I can't really remember really. I, don't, I I don't think we were sort of there was there was discussion. There were so many discussions. Like at one stage, Grimlock was supposed to be in last stand because me and james were really like but look he's he's in Gareth nine he should be a player and stuff and then andy schmidt said to us uh look if it means that much to you you guys can do a grimlock one shot a grimlock book when when this is finished now i i i don't remember that book coming out but uh <laughs> but so it felt like there was maybe we'd get a chance to do stuff like that maybe that we would get a chance to follow up the grimlock side of things but we also were kind of maybe realistic about it that, you know, maybe nothing would happen. Uh, but stuff like the DJD probably was just throw away texture, you know, I think. I'm, I, I don't know when James started seriously thinking about doing something with those. I don't know, because he wrote Chaos Theory pretty soon after last time of the record. So I don't know, was he sort of thinking back then about the the kind of the command structure of, uh, of the Decepticons and, and what that would entail? But yeah, no, I don't think there's anything deliberately left, really. It was just kind of a, you're, you're trying to like, like uh, like tom said about writing the Ballhead matron 15 about playing well with others and playing well with the toys it's something i think is, it's kind of fun to do isn't it and kind of add a bit of shade and depth and texture and all those other um similes and uh, and metaphors uh you know that like you, you just want it, to it, it's how, it's how it's how Furman did it you know and that's kind of uh that's kind of my my he's, he's still my sort of uh, my northern star when it comes to like writing transformers i think and so um and so yeah, it's just it was just nice to see stuff get picked up and stuff like the Prowl stuff. You know, I love seeing how like kind of John continued that, and um, it was good. It's good, but but nothing nothing deliberate, nothing planned. There was never a sequel planned, and, and I think I, I I would have resisted. In fact, I did resist for quite a while doing a sequel to Records because I think I could have gotten on the writing team again sooner had I agreed to doing a record sequel. But I was like, I don't think I want to risk touching it because it was as well received as it was. It didn't seem like a good idea to kind of go back to that well.
0: You have kind of set the set the characterization for Prowl with um, with uh, Last Stand of the Wreckers and even in well everything in its uh, right place where it's all narrated by Prowl. You've he's you cast a very long shadow with um, his uh, you know his um, how much of a gamesmaster he is his gittishness. And yes. Um, and you gave him a huge promotion as well. You put him on high command and made him pretty much the entirety of Autobot. But yeah. Why command. not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, uh, I guess the question is, uh, has this always been your take on Prowl?
1: I I, I think I kind of inherited the take on Prowl or I, I, I misinterpreted the take on Prowl. I think I kind of, I think part of that was, came from predominantly issue 76 of the US run where Prime is dead and uh, he's naming his successor and it's uh, it's it's Grimlock and it's not Prowl and it's Prowl's frustration over that type of Autobot getting the nod over him and, and what that means and then just coupled with his kind of original tech specs. And then I think probably, to be honest, there's probably a little bit of kind of how um, James might have written him in the Eugenesis uh, novel that he wrote. I think there's probably a little bit of that kind of, rubbed off and i just in my head i wasn't sort of going i'll show them i'll show them how prel should be written it was more just like this is <laughs> Prowl, right this is how this is how everyone sees them isn't it and i don't think it was it turns out i think it is now hopefully but it's well it's the way every,
0: everybody certainly agreed yeah. with it
1: <laughs> yeah and if they didn't well you know that's that's probably use of that um so yeah so no it was just it just kind of made sense to me i think and i like the idea of having a, a kind of an autobot shockwave in some ways and just having him thwarted on every turn. Uh, <laughs> Continuously. I know. Restricted. Yeah, it's good. But I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think I would ever have written him flipping a table though. I think that was uh, far too emotive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm happy to draw. I'm happy to be, I'm happy to be memed into oblivion. <laughs> so it's a, I'll, I'll, I'll take the orders. I won't, I won't you know, always, uh, <laughs> I won't always give them. Um, Yeah. Yeah um so no I, 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 yeah and he's he's the character that I just love writing the most I think and I, I I they're doing interviews for the last few IDW issues and um of, of the various members of the creative teams and I, I was asked what's my favorite character to write and it was, I think it's proud. I think I kind of know I know how he's going to act if not his exact wordings. I kind of pretty much know the vibe he's going to give off. And I just know he's just going to get those little bitchy little dry comments in as well. You know, that you kind of, you know, <laughs> I, I say about him not being emotive, but he's, you know, he's quite happy to sort of put a few little, you know, gut punches of a uh, superiority in there. So he's, um, no, he's good fun. Him, him and Overlord, I think are kind of my, my two, two, two guys. And that's probably partially because the villains are always easier to, to kind of play with and write and perform. And, obviously
0: well you like writing a a dirty autobot yeah
1: dirty autobot have you looked up Um, dirtyautobots.com yeah (laughs)
0: um you know you make the autobots very very dirty in last stand in a way that feels very credible even people like pyro who uh who believe themselves to be real genuine squeaky clean heroes we see what they're like under pressure and we even just see that the whole kind of war machine just sort of
1: Uses the I remember being asked around the time after Last Down of the Records which which of the characters to identify with, and I think I think I was horrified to realise it was Pyro. <laughs> I think it was oh, no. sort of like, <laughs> yeah, I think it might be me to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, I wanted because back then that hadn't really been done in in IDW's uh, kind of work, really, you know, and it seemed to be kind of a nice take on it and kind of give it a bit of grounding and get a bit more grit. But by the time we'd done it for Last Down of the Records. Uh, But you know, you know, after that, it seemed like that was kind of done. Like especially because we'd set Prowl up, we'd set this, this kind of idea that there is uh, murky waters in the Autobots, and their, you know, their, their, their eyes don't burn true blue. uh, You know, that (laughs) they. And so, I kind of, when it came to write sins of the wreckers, I really kind of wanted to. I I I, I, the idea, the idea behind that wasn't the idea behind it necessarily, but I wanted to write. Uh, Sins of the Records came from a, a pitch, which is it's in the back of the Sins of the Records collection, called uh, originally called Spy Games. And it was a much more kind of um, kind of poppy or frothier sort of story about good Autobots being good. And I kind of thought at that stage that's a good story to do, and did and there was you know they were there they had a goal, and it was to be. To, you know to save people and help people <laughs> because at that stage it felt like hey this is this is a new way of doing things and uh, that, it's, that story never fit they tried to make room for it for it such a long time john barber had kind of kept characters off the table for me and everything that's why jazz didn't appear until you know quite late on in r.i.d uh, yeah and mirage M- mirage mirage didn't appear and wind charger didn't appear and they were all going to be in in my story and and, and then they didn't, eventually they knew it wasn't going to find a place for mine and so they just used them and it was fine. But it was also why they kept Springer off to take Springer and um, Hopcap were going to be in Spy Games as well and Tarantulas. Uh, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Um, so, but so when it came to Sins of the records, I knew that I wanted to have the idea of at least Autobots trying to be redemptive, that at least to be some effort, you know, acknowledging that that Autobots shouldn't be like this, not necessarily glorifying or saying it's a necessary evil. Obviously it is a necessary evil in war, but I wanted to kind of, you know, try and offer some of the guys a bit of redemption and, and, you know, give whoever, at least whoever's alive at the end of scenes of the records, give them a happy ending. Um, uh, Yes. That they may not feel too great about that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But at least it's kind of, uh, everyone's on life support everyone is dead do you know it's sort of like it's it's there's uh, you know i think the idea of the springer of already have a, at least a chance of some peace at the end of a uh, piece on their own terms at the end of since the record is kind of important to me and even the idea of like Prell trying to turn a corner i think that's kind of that was kind of important to me as well and it was uh, famously john barber's idea to kind of give him because he i think he was trying to you know kind of have him turn a corner a bit in his books and so it needed to be a bit concurrent to have those themes be concurrent and the initial draft of sins of the Records*, the ostaros figure the kind of the the child robot protoform type figure that was created by tarantulas he was going to be killed in cold blood by, by prowl and John Barber goes. This is great. This is really dramatic stuff. Uh, but we know Prell's an asshole already. What What is this telling us that we don't already know? And I was like, mm, All right, John Barber, so called editor. <laughs> and so when I went back to think about it, said like, okay, maybe the twist is here that obviously that Prell doesn't kill a child in cold blood. That, should, that that should be a moment for a moment for celebration. But then if if he doesn't, if that's that's Prell's little story that he doesn't do that, then but but everyone thinks he did. Then where does the child go? And that that was great because that allowed me to come up with the idea that, that Springer was this kind of other um, kind of kind of creation that that hadn't existed before ninety W. So um, and then that's that's a good example of just editors just being uh, really really good and really really helpful, you know, and just being invested in the stuff as well. But um, yeah, so and then in working with the records as well, it's very much i am i'm i'm only just mentioning requiem the records as a point of because it's connected i don't want i would hate for anyone to think i'm trying to plug this book genuinely <laughs> i'm just i'm enjoying i'm enjoying on May. I, i'm enjoying talking about transformers on a sunday evening this is really nice um that they um yeah so it, it's it's there's, that's there's a hopeful slant in requiem the records again there's kind of a a hint that that you know please never again do we need the wreckers or anything like them that, that I hope that the, that we never get to the point in the war where we need uh you know which is probably very hopeful and very naive but that's kind of where I've kind of wanted the story to take take the story at the end I think especially because we've seen you know robots being assholes for the last you know two stories so
0: well, it's not just the robots. I mean, just in the in the time you've been writing these stories, you've had so many real world scandals of corruption. Yeah. And, you know, executions in yeah. custody, uh, whistleblowers in the police. Uh, those whistleblowers being uh, yeah. dragged through yeah. the mud. Uh, is there any specific story you've been following, or is it just kind of a, a, gen- a general background? Just radiation
1: generally, general. Because I, I I would I, I follow on with sins of the records like you know i did like a little bit of obviously boning up on stuff like WikiLeaks and kind of the chelsea manning stuff and uh but not not to the point where it was a direct it was directly analogous or you know complete allegory because i don't have the answers either you know it's kind of like in a in an ideal transformers good versus evil way you want the idea of there being kind of uh everyone should be open there should be no secrets and stuff especially with the autobots you know and it's kind of like yeah right on <laughs> that is good that is but that's what we've been taught to be good not to lie not to not to be you know and and but then it's obviously the dangers that that kind of puts people in and stuff so um but i'm not you know i'm not, I'm not wired uh to kind of offer many answers or, or much any sort of astute observations on it but it's it's kind of good background and it kind of it rings true as well it's nice that stuff like that rings true um and i think you know we maybe a tiny bit ahead of the curve i mean it's obviously that stuff has been going on for you know, hundreds and thousands of years, but um, it wasn't as kind of as a hot button when Last Stand came out, and it was kind of nice that we sort of kind of a little bit ahead of the curve with it. And Last Stand, we were able to sort of play on it in Sins and. I, 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 but I remember going to see Thor Ragnarok last year, and I knew that I was going to be writing Requiem of the Records at that stage, and I kind of had a, new, I had a fair idea of what was going to happen. And I remember seeing Thor Ragnarok and going, "I wish we could do this, but for, with the Records." And I'm sorry to say <laughs> that Requiem of the Records isn't that because there's too many, you know, there's too many trajectories already planned, you know, so it's. <laughs> you know if, if there was a third if, if the if the universe wasn't ending and there was a, a third records i'd like to think maybe we could open it up for a bit more of a kind of a uh <laughs> a happy 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 ending where where you know nice things happen to people but it's uh there is nice things to happen but the, the, the cast and record me the records is so small i mean there's no there's no like new records team getting introduced in the first few pages like it's it's whoever like whoever's left standing it's impactor springer and Verity, and that's it. It's sort of, you you, you roll the dice on every page to see who's going to make it to the next one, really. So it's...
3: (laughs) Oh, I am really sorry now. We're never going to have... uh, Wreck is Ragnarok, I think. Ragnarok,
1: yeah, it would be good, wouldn't it? (laughs) Ragnarok, yeah. I know. I know. (laughs)
2: It would be even more memes for you. Uh, you know, you've got the table flipping wall but if you did a Ragnarok, you'd, you'd be nothing That's but memes. That's the thing, isn't it? And mean, You know how
1: much money we make on those memes as well, you know. So it's a, <laughs> we'd be coining <laughs> a shiny penny for every every time that game is
0: Yeah.
2: <it's re-saved. laughs> uh. It's uh, it's that guy who's tapping the side of his head, I always feel sorry for, because <laughs> I, he was having no idea true. how much that gets used. I mean, and I'm
1: glad he- that you said that guy as well, because I've got no idea who he is as well. And I feel like I've missed a very culturally important moment. But, uh, yeah.
2: I, he's from a BBC3 spoof docudrama but was probably seen by about five people when he first went down. Well, thank and you somehow... for that.
1: Thank you, genuinely. Even that has enlightened me a bit more. I, oh, I, I couldn't have told you where it came from.
2: I, I had to Google it. I was curious. I wanted to find out. It was my, Stuff my like... Stuff like that. I've I mean,
1: just gone off track completely. <laughs> Stuff like that. I like to find out, like I've just found out for, like, from you by talking to someone... You know, rather than going, you know, decisively, I want this mystery to end. I want, I want, I want it in pub conversations like this. And by the way, a few minutes ago, when I said I'm enjoying talking on Sunday evening about Transformers, back like 15 years ago, more than that, Jesus, 17, 18, 19 years ago, when I first went online, um, Sunday evenings was the it was chat time because it was cheaper. Uh, it was chat time on the um, <laughs> on the, the Transmasters UK uh, message boards, on uh, message boards, the uh, the Yahoo group, yeah. And so we'd uh, we'd all get online and, and chat about. Uh, about beast machines and the oncoming car robots, and uh, it was really, really exciting. And that's a lot where a lot of the kind of the links that I've had with like kind of James and uh, people like Mark Stevenson and Andy Turnbull and all would have been kind of formed back then. So yeah.
2: So this is nice talking about robots on a Sunday, isn't it? So that would be the days uh, uh, when James was saying Eugenesis was going to be his final statement on Transformers.
1: Yeah, I wish he. I wish he. I wish, you know, if he if he'd kept to that, I think I would have gotten more work.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we've uh, Requiem. Uh, was it a plan you were always going to do with another records at some point? Absolutely or was it not. They sp- <laughs> phoned you up and said, "Hey, we're killing everyone, or not whoever did <laughs> uh, Would you like to have one last go at these characters? It's a
1: little bit, a little bit of the last one, but I had again. It's, it's all these like near misses. So I had a series in development, uh, late 2016, early 2017, like a whole new Transformer series uh pitched and accepted and outlined five issues thereof and I, when look when the universe ends uh I, like you know come uh, probably probably even at tf nation in august i'll probably be able to talk more about this but um but it wasn't records oriented at all and it was something i was only going to write um and it was going to be drawn by someone else and i was really looking forward to it and um, i was very happy with it um and then so it was, it was good to go and then the trail went really cold and people stopped answering my emails at idw and i was like i really need to kind of plan out my year here and no you know i it was looking like i was gonna be getting a bit more work with marvel and stuff and i was like i don't want you guys to come and sort of say yes to this when i'm in the middle of a deadline then um i remember talking to james about it. he said yeah there's something going on and i'm not sure what's happening yet and then we got word it's actually about this time last year i think that that uh, they were going to wrap up and that's by the way that hopefully that will alleviate people's fears about how the the main books are going to be wrapped up because it, by the time that the last issues come out it'll be close to 18 months worth of forewarning of planning uh to sort of get them th- those books will have been written with the ending in s- sight longer than they will have been written you know it, it, without it so it, it'll be safe it'll be safe um but uh, back to me yeah so they sort of said look we're really sorry but we really want you to do something You you did say that if this didn't go ahead, Nick, you said you might write another record story for us. I'm like, yeah, go on then. And yeah, I wasn't going to say no to that because (laughs) I I like I I wanted to write. And actually, it was very close that I wasn't going to draw it at all. I think had I kind of um, had they wanted it earlier, I was still on Spider Man, so I kind of would have been able to write it but not draw it. And I remember sort of even sort of saying to my wife saying, I think maybe you just won't draw it anyway. And just sort of hand it over and just sort of take on some other like artwork, some other drawing jobs. And she's saying, you will hate yourself forever if you do that. And so I, I kind of, you know, conceded that. I said, okay, well, look, I'll draw some of it. And I'll kind of give the rest to Greedo Greedy so he could we can... I get the old gang back and then I'll write some sequences for Jeff because oh, holy shit, Jeff senior. And, uh, and so that's kind of how it kind of came about then. So it was kind of by, but I, I kind of knew where my next story would go with those characters. I kind of knew what I wanted to do, but, um, especially with the villain involved that, how I would like it to play it, but I kind of thought that I'd have more time to maybe pitch something else. And that wouldn't even necessarily be called records, but would somehow kind of tie in with, with continuing Springer story. Yeah. Um, Cause there's, you know, in my head, there was no records left anyway. I think I thought there was like, you know, it'd be a cheeky thing to do to go new records book. It's just got Springer and Verity and they're, uh, they're, they're chopping wood <laughs> that, you know, someone's got to, they've got to keep that, that range going, like, you know, so she can uh, get her hot pockets. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so that's kind of how it kind of fell into being. But it's, uh, but it, it ended as I wanted to end, I think, and it's kind of it, it escalated as I wanted, would have liked those characters to be escalated, and also it's a much smaller story at the same time. So it's, um, it's good. Every every record story is kind of it, it, kind of it go, it moves in two different directions separately. So the last time of the records is very much. Uh, you know, big fight or die, like it's the end of the world, but it wasn't the end of the world really. That like, was at risk and stuff, you know, but it felt like it was, you know, and since the records is very, like it's like a secret mission almost like that no one in the rest of the Transformers universe ever hears about, but it's about all these big dramatic changes and stuff that could, you know, really affect and, you know, turn the tide of the conflict and then the war and set everything back and try to back in play as a quartermaster and mayhem and all that sort of stuff. And then Requiem, there's stuff, there's stuff at stake that is kind of, you know, universe threatening but it happens between sort of like you know five people basically and you know and no one ever finds out about it and i quite like that that the the actual fights themselves get smaller and more kind of um kind of condensed <laughs> while the sort of the stakes get are kind of higher and and yet you know these things are kind of dealt with, with without the rest of the world kind of learning about them well that, uh,
0: that seems to be a huge theme of of guilt of uh, of kind of dirty little secrets yeah um, in, in in sins of the records verity is like literally dying of guilt
1: yes oh i uh-huh. love it oh, i wish i thought of that i mean i thought of oh. it all along ah oh, I I... <laughs>
0: that's right tom you get it <laughs> <laughs> but it, it seems that kind of that that sort of tension between knowing and not knowing and that that kind of a withheld
1: confession
0: it, it strikes me as incredibly Catholic. You oh, seem to have
1: written the whole the thing Catholic. Is so Catholic, and it's none of it is intentional. But I can't deny it. Like it's so uh I, and especially and Requiem. It's called, first of all. It's called Sins and Requiem. I mean Jesus Christ. That I means Jesus Christ. There you go. But it's um, <laughs> yeah, it, it it yeah, it is like, and it's not intentional. Especially not intentional in a like a positive sort of, in a sort of a, hey guys, have you heard the good news about Springer? But, <laughs> you know, um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a practicing Catholic and I'm not a, uh, I'm not someone who's trying to get you guys, get you guys, uh, get everyone on board. Um, but it is, it is weird how the stuff that is kind of in you from a young age is, you know, kinds of um, informing your work. Uh, but I need to watch that next time I write something. Uh, I really need to watch out for that. Having said that, i I'm right. <laughs> I, I I am writing a story, like a creator owned thing that involves sort of um Irish folklore and uh, versus um versus the Catholic Church. So I mean, gee, I, and I didn't think I didn't think it was in me. I thought it was just about giant robots and uh, and 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 monsters. And no, it turns out I'm just a just an old cliche, just an old Irish cliche.
2: Oh, oh. Uh, I suppose a uh, cup would be the Jesus figure because he just keeps dying and
1: coming back. I, I would have thought so until the bit where um they. Uh, Roadbuster or yeah, Roadbuster and Pactor go into um, Springer's hospital bed and he's not there. I think that was <laughs> that was the moment yes, I realised. Really? Yeah, that was when I realised. And he's kind of born of a, an immaculate conception, essentially. So he's uh yeah.
3: <laughs> mm.
1: I know. <laughs> what a hack.
3: I mean, even if you take religion out of it, your stories, I was thinking, even since, I mean, it deals with really big themes like justice and, you know, secrets yeah. and what have you and, and truth and all of that. Uh, but it is a very personal story. They very much centers around individual characters and even tarantulas' motives are very personal towards prowl um, so in the end it is all about the people even when there is a biggest story there to tell
1: yeah I hope so I hope so I, I saw someone talking to me the other day um, and they were asking me about that and about like is it what is my favorite bits to do is kind of the story part or the kind of the characters bit. And I think the characters hopefully are the story that that's where your story is coming from about their motives and their kind of hopes and fears and desires and guilt. And yeah, I, I, yeah, it is. And uh, Yes. Sin's it's, it's more than anything. I think, yeah, it is, is very personal. I don't know if that maybe because it was written by one person. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure how would, if James and I were to write together something like that again, or if, even if it, uh, write with, with anyone else, I wonder does the focus kind of get taken away a little bit more and you end up writing something that's, you know, obviously good or, or probably better, but just is less, um, less kind of personally invested or less, less authored in some ways. Do you know, it's, a, uh, um, but no, yeah, it's, it's, it was, it was not, I th- I don't know if I could have written since the records five years previously. And I think part of that is kind of just like maturity, I think as well, but I think a little bit p- part of that is probably just seeing what was possible then, like Transformers by, you know, likes of John and, and especially James, how just how kind of authoritative, they authoritatively, they write Transformers and, you know, they just, they, they, they you can, you can take these risks and make these characters have, you, you, you can put these characters really through the ring or it doesn't have to be about like stopping the Decepticons and, you know, don't, don't let them build that weather machine. i you know, the Simon stuff was never that like, in IDW stuff was never mostly like that. Um, but um but no it was it was weird but it it was such a weird thing that was kind it was i was it's um kind of uh reported at the time like during the sins of the records production i actually lost my mother uh so careless and uh i but last time or sins of the records was written uh before she was sick or before anyone's like yeah my, my my wife's Dad died during that time as well, and we were and and we we had our our a baby during it. So all that stuff about sort of death of parents and new life and stuff like that, it was almost like I wrote it, and I wish I hadn't. But in that case, but it was really strange. It was all written in when I was in like a good place. But then when you kind of comes out knowing kind of what kind of kind of happened, it does seem even more personal. I remember drawing the I remember drawing the last two chapters after kind of uh, things had kind of gone down and. Uh, we were we were all, all, you know, all adrift here. And um, Verity says, that's in issue four, I think, and she said stuff about, like, life on Earth being short. And I was just like, no, oh, fuck's sake, I wish I'd written that. You know, it was kind of, I could do without reading that shit today. But, uh, but yeah, it was good. But then at least it kind of felt true then, you know. It kind of felt like when I did, didn't, you know, that it rang true and it was nice that I was able to kind of write that without necessarily having lived it at that time. So, yeah but it's interesting how many people come up to me and goes, hey man I can really feel what you were going through when I read scenes of the records and I was like it was just imagination up until I had to draw it you know the story didn't change the script was written in one month the whole thing was written in one big chunk and sort of sent off and uh, and yeah so it's interesting it's interesting kind of how it ends up like reflecting but it, you know hopefully that's a indication that it was written relatively well that it at least reflected the um the, the method research I had to do afterwards <laughs> on its <honest laughs> themes, yeah. I haven't I haven't had I to do bet. any. I haven't had to do any of that on on Requiem of the records. None none of none of what you're about to read in Requiem of the records has so far come to pass. So
2: I'm, at, at the time, time record. of recording, is, is it, well, that's why you wanted to do a happy war? You would have trying around, and, trying to, to write trying to, yeah, to get then? the ship
1: back on its so, on its course. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't write any new babies into it though definitely made sure of that one uh so we, we're uh no immaculate conception no we're calm oh my god i have no my wife and i are still baffled We thought we we thought we thought we knew where kids came from but
2: that's uh, back to the about it, must it, be, it must
1: be. Uh, she's obviously a you know more practicing catholic than i am in that case but it's
2: <laughs> oh i have just you now because for what you said about Springer earlier. That prowl as well is his quasi father, and he's associated with tables <laughs> just like Jesus's dad. So the metaphor goes all the way oh, through. This is
1: great, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I, I thought it could have been in practice because like he's got literally got like a, a saw for a hand. But no, I think I think you're right. I think there's a, I think that that's that's probably it. Yeah. Our, uh, it's cup. No, hang on. Cup. Cup is something you put on a table. Hang on. This, this goes. This goes it's deeper and deeper. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, you're so insightful. Tom's the <laughs> Tom's the best one, isn't he? <laughs> Aww.
2: Oh, oh shit! Definitely, we drew
1: straws before we started recording. Marion is keeping this shit together, but Tom, Tom's got it going on. I think so. It's a Stuart. No idea, no idea what Stuart is there for. But he's. I'm glad he
2: is. I, I'll be able to explain <laughs> yeah. the meaning. Oh, yes, thanks. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> With sort of things coming to an end, uh, one, I think. Uh, especially notable thing is how much you're already already inspiring the next generation of artists because of course I think uh, pretty famously Last Stand was uh, the first Western comic that uh, Kay Zaba ever read and that inspired her to become a, a Transformers artist. It's bonkers isn't it? So do, do you do you still feel that influence more and more? More, and more people coming up. to She would say, oh, "I'm doing this because of because of the work like, you've I
1: done." Fe- I guess feeling it and being told it are two different things, maybe. But, but yeah, it's definitely it's definitely happening, which is kind of nice, I suppose. Uh, it's weird. It does it does make me feel my age a little bit? But I guess that's okay too. And uh, yeah, I mean, like we're you know we're all way older than like Furman was when the Marvel stuff wrapped up. You know, so it's it is upsetting in its own ways. Like, I guess he would have been in his early mid thirties. If that, I think when like the original transformer series and we're, we're not that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. Um, yeah. It's nice. I guess it's nice. It's, it's nice. To, yeah. I'm glad it's, I'm glad it's like Kay stuff as well. K Kay, Kay kind of draws the way I think I'd like to draw. Do you know? I think I, I could see myself getting, you know, ripping her off. I think at some stage, um, but no, it's weird. I guess I guess I didn't think of that. I think the, the thing that strikes me more so, it's huge and it's a big deal when the creators are kind of saying, "Oh, like this record means this to me." Or I bought Transformers comics. I never read Transformers before records. I'd never read comics before records or things like that. But when I kind of meet kids who are kind of tell me that, like, oh, like like literally eight year old kids who say that Spotlight Shockwave was their favorite comic and they weren't born when we wrote and drew it. Like you know, that's just ridiculous that's happening i've had a little at like an eight-year-old kid could ask me to sign spotlight shockwave last year and he was able to talk to me about it and i was kind of sort of like you know try not to be kind of gatekeeper about it but i was sort of like and, and, and what was your favorite bit and what more so because i did wanted well, to double check that it wasn't his dad that was sending him over with it you know <laughs> you know or, or whatever i was sort of like and yeah did you like that bit and I'm, like no this guy and that's great i mean why wouldn't he like you know it's kind of i remember noticing that with the doctor who fans that the doctor who like really young Doctor Who fans, they, they, they love it all. They don't just go, oh, I, I like it from when I started watching it. They, they, they love the fact that there's all this stuff to kind of like dive back into. And so it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I, I'm curious to see who the next creative team are going to be for, from that point of view, because and even what sort of age group they are or where you know where they're coming from in relation to their Transformers influences. If
0: the, if their very first comic was uh spotlight megatron yeah imagine that and they may bring a very bring a very specific energy to the new
1: and, and, well, <laughs> to the yeah one one that's welcome i think um <laughs> there's um but it's but it's yeah it's it's, it's interesting I we I, I like hand on heart do not know anything on my children's lives i do not know anything about who's coming in next it's really interesting i do think that i think some of the artists might be retained eventually that will be asked back because it's got a kind of a, a specific skill set but I mean, you can see on any day on Twitter or Tumblr, there's the level of kind of the quote-unquote fan artists or who are currently fan artists who are kind of drawing inspiration from IDW's current stuff are ready to go primetime. Do you know what they're ready to go? They're ready to go primetime on covers. A lot of those fan artists don't work in sequentials, or at least they don't display much sequentials. So it's hard to know what they'd be like on a kind of a monthly schedule. And Transformers is a ball ache on a monthly schedule anyway because they're just so time-consuming to draw, I think, that they're... I often say that they're not hard to draw. They just take fucking ages to draw. <laughs> um, uh, so I, and that's been drums transformers problem like for quite a while. Like not, not his main problem, but like that it's hard to kind of keep an artist on, you know, subsequent issues because they just, you know, it's so hard to kind of keep it consistent. Um, but
0: I'm curious as to uh, what, um, what it's like a day of working on transformers sequentials looks like for you on Requiem. Or, you know how does your morning
1: start and how does your day end uh on getting the pages out uh the day starts usually sort of facing yesterday's disappointment <laughs> and, and ends up setting up a new one for the following day it's always heartbreaking when you kind of don't finish not necessarily doing a page a day or sort of thing but kind of just meeting your i like to i like to kind of pencil uh and i had a, had a good bit of time to do it as well because I like to kind of pencil maybe three pages over two days, pencil three pages over two days, and then ink them over the same. So I'm essentially getting four pages done over six days a week. If I can do that. And that's just, I'm not fast. That's kind of as as good as I can hope to do. Um, but I like really like to pencil the whole thing first, which is kind of not usually allowed because you know, you need to have the colorist needs to be kept up on their stuff. And the letterers need to be working ahead on their stuff as well. Uh, but I think I was able to do it for the most part on Requiem anyway. Um, I was able to get loads done. Uh, so yeah, pencil, pencil, pencil. I think, and kind of uh, um, a It's hard to describe much more than that. Really, it's 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 ideal to be starting something new every day rather than kind of doing your kind of halfway finishes or something like so. Kind of if I if I do a page and a half in one day. I'd like to start another page the next day and almost go back to finishing the first pages, half that I left over. Uh, usually, because my head is a bit sort of sleepier towards the end of the day, like it feels like I'm kind of picking up where I left off as opposed to kind of starting again late in the day. But I, but I know that's a weird way of working, and it's different for everyone. And I kind of a lot of people like to ink the page they've just drawn, they just pencil straight away whereas other people like to just pencil 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 and then kind of go back to ink the only problem with working like that is if you kind of like wait two weeks before you can go back and ink something then you've kind of sometimes the scent on that page has gone cold you've kind of lost the knowledge of the, what those lines mean a little bit you know if you're kind of at least inking within a few days of penciling it you can kind of remember oh yeah that's what i meant by that especially when you ink as roughly as i do i kind of keep it fairly loose um but that's i don't know if that answers the question i'm, I'm not great that that that's fantastic
0: i did um what you do it looks like you do a, a hell of a lot of research, especially when you've got real world locations right. and um i'm uh, I'm a biologist and was very uh struck by your attention to anatomy on the animals with the oh, thanks, man. and 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 yeah yeah you seem to be going the extra mile where others may you know draw a sort of spider, but you seem to have gotten tarantulas down to
1: to a very specific. I try to, yeah, and I, I wish I could him. pronounce it, but I know he's he's a a, pam, a or something. And he, I I knew at the time when I did sins, and I I can, he but he is a specific tarantula. He's like a kind of purple Mexican tarantula, I think, of some kind. But he's but he's he's something that exists. And I you know I think he probably does get like a little bit more stylized as kind of things go on. But he's you know hopefully you know the relationships between his proportions and his joints and his pedipalps are all kind of. You know that the, they don't stray too far, and I, I know that um, Chris Catherine, who's a, a Transformers reader on on Twitter, who's a, uh he's he's an, an, an arachnologist. I think maybe I don't know, but he but he knows. Yes, he, he knows his spiders, and he was very sort of taken with it. And he identified that I, I had misidentified. I guess the tarantulas is female. That they have uh, the the spider that I have used for reference in all in all shots. That he's it's He's 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 a lady. <laughs> he's a lady spider in his alt mode. It works. It does, doesn't it? It's almost <laughs> like I planned it, right? So, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, it's nice. And there's another. Um, there's another um, fan, Mikey. Mikey G Wolf. Like, <laughs> what's what's his name? Mikey. Oh, oh God, I can't remember his name. And he,
2: oh uh, Sullivan, is he? Is it? it's uh, Mikey Sullivan.
1: Yeah, geez, and he will kill me for. And he's a paleo- he's a paleontologist, and he's he's a big fan. I think he might be my only fan of the dinosaur, the Dinobot redesigns, because they're kind of anatomically correct and they were kind of built because i mean essentially the about redesigns for adw were um sort of like the exoskeletons of their kind of like beast wars versions you know so they're they're supposed to look mm-hmm. kind of that's why they're not designed as like badass kind of like buy this toy you know you're kind of like looking at like naked um animatronics essentially you know so um but no i, I tried to and when, when time permits i tried to put the effort in with uh the animals, especially I kind of I just enjoyed it. I don't necessarily, if I, the I was successful in every aspect of drawing the animals and *Sins of the records, but I, I, I just, I enjoyed it because, um, because I hadn't really drawn animals before, and it was just something nice to do in Transformers just to have kind of a softer set of lines and kind of, uh, I just get to use different tools then to draw them as well. I, I use lots, lots of kind of like brushy sort of kind of like tools, brush pens and and brushes and, um, you know, kind of soft nibs to kind of work on the textures. And um, I just it just looks different as well, rather than just robot, robot versus robot. But it's very nice of you to, to compliment me on that. Thank you very much, Tom. Again, oh, you really are far ahead <laughs> in the leaderboard.
2: This is a, <laughs> is uh is a process different when you're drawing uh, comics that are more human centric like Spider-Man is is that a different set of skills or is it just basically the same it's of, a, a process It's
1: the same a little bit but it, it's it's weird how like there is two different compartments I find I kind of it takes me a while to warm up if I've been drawing just Transformers going straight onto people and then vice versa uh I kind of I remember being a bit rusty ring rusty cuz I I did, I wasn't drawing any Transformers really when I draw Spider-Man and that's why I kind of I'm not doing there's lots of lost light covers that aren't being done by me because I was sort of like, I wasn't on duty for it. So it was nice in a way, but I, but I definitely want to go into Spider-Man. I was like, okay, you know, I need to sort of, I was definitely leaning heavy on my like anatomy books at the beginning of the, those issues and then getting a bit looser. And then it was, it was a bit of a kind of a, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a kind of a, a wake up call having to draw transformers again afterwards, but it's, it's weird. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be different, but it, but it is in some ways it's kind of, it's a, uh, and and in some ways, I, I probably am informing my humans, inform my transformers, and vice versa. And but maybe not for the better. Like I think my humans can be kind of you know they're deliberately that way, but maybe might might not be for the best. They're quite angular and quite stylized. But then my transformers, their faces are often quite you know uh, rubbery and kind of soft featured. You know, so it's. If I, I can only get my Transformers faces on my my humans and vice versa, then maybe uh maybe I'll have, I'll have a career in this old town.
2: But um, it's, uh, <laughs> that Pretenders mini is
1: what you're aiming for. <laughs> that's I mean, and look, if I double your sensible, that's how they're going to kick off the relaunch.
2: <laughs> the revenge of Long Teeth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that that'll tell. That'll be the one. That'll be the um. Yeah, that'll be the uh. You know, the kind of the um. The sort of the, the lame duck, sort of kind of like like a uh, relaunch to sort of like the, the palate cleanser, so they can bring on the decent stuff. So they'll hire me to to, to write the, the Long Tooth Chronicles, and then they go, right, that's out of the way. Let's uh, let's bring in Bendis and, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and and a popular artist. I don't know Declan Shalvey, one of one of those, one of those cool Irish guys. Nick, do you
0: keep a sketchbook <sighs> um, when you're when, when you're not doing your professional work? Uh, how do you how do you um keep your hand i wish in. i did
1: I, I should do i should do really and, and i don't because it just feels like all my especially on transformers it just feels like it's all my time is kind of doing it. and then i think possibly because maybe i think this was the excuse before i had kids and stuff but with with kind of kids i'm kind of like less likely to kind of take time for myself in that way that that's not kind of you know it, it, it's, it's hard to sort of add another hour at my desk when i know i'm going to be woken up very early in the morning and uh, so I, I don't really and I, sh- I should do i really should do because i think that's the sort of thing that kind of keeps your your muscles fresh you know especially you know if i'm drawing people i should be drawing transformers maybe in my sketchbook and then vice versa i really should be but um sometimes i did, I did use to a bit more and now now and now i'm gonna have to take points off tom because they you me feel ashamed and, oh, now feel I... sad and question myself so it's <laughs> all to play for guys all to play for <laughs>
3: Oh, can I can I turn us into into the story a little bit more, please? Um, can I talk a bit more about Requiem? And um, so we've we've sort of um, we we leave the characters back in uh, sins um, in in certain places. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're gonna leave Verity somewhere. We leave um, Springer somewhere. We leave Tarantula somewhere hiding in a corner. What are you talking about? Oh, uh, t- <laughs> this thing that just came to me out of nowhere. Ignore me, really, Marion. Uh, sometimes a
2: cigar is just a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting for the entire recording. To that, be able to was, that, was that was pretty good. That was pretty good. You're the one
3: who made it into something else. so I think maybe, we can maybe. we can move on. Um, <laughs> and uh, we live in Pachter, uh in a in a in a certain place. With um, yeah, a bad crowd, yeah yeah so uh, tell us how requiem comes in to pick up all those pieces and what we have to look forward to
1: right where where can i go with that so okay so um K- springer and verity have kind of set up home um i don't think i don't think it's actually sort of explicit in the original in the actual final book but uh to my mind they are no longer in alaska they have sort of moved south a bit so they're in uh, I guess it's kind of mainland the United States now, but they're still kind of under the radar. They've been left with some toys to play with by Prowl, Um to kind of, he's given them like a parting gift basically sort of kind of a way to kind of keep, um think kind of, you know, keep tracking what's going on with Cybertronian life. And it's a way to sort of make contact if they ever need it. Uh, they, they're not sure whether, they can trust it or not because Prowl gave it to them. But Springer seems to think, you know, look he's on the level this time, I think, you know. Um but through this they uh, they learn that uh, of what you know of all the ongoings, all all the comings goings with, with the rest of the Transformers, they learn that Cup's died in on a mission. Uh, and that's really all it said in Reckoning with the Records. is just mentioned that you know the Cup Cup has died. And uh, it's and we are not we don't join Springer and Verity just at the moment they've learned they've maybe known about it a couple of days could even be a week, but they're sort of still kind of reeling from it, Springer, especially. And he realizes that he, you know, Prowl, he doesn't really want anything to do with Prowl. Uh, Springer has been made known. has had, you know, Verity has told us Phil Springer in about his origins. Cause you know, if you realize it in scenes of the record, Springer didn't find out what his origin was, you know, with Tarantulas that he never finds out himself because, um, you know, the the, the noise maze was interfering with, their communication when, when that was happening. So we have to assume, you know, that on one hand it would have been cool to go, ah, but Verity didn't tell him this. You know, why wouldn't she at this stage? You know what I mean? That, that would be a kind of a, a, a contrivance too far. So in the, in the few years they, that they've had together, Verity has obviously filled them in and said, oh, by the way, Tarantulas made you, and, you know, deal with that. And it pre- is
3: left uh, ambiguous at the end of, since you kind of can't tell whether Springer heard Tarantulas or not. That's the yeah. question I was left with.
1: Well, it's, 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 well, then it's, it's clear that he didn't know that then in, in, in okay. the start of Requiem, the records that he sees, you know, that that's, or that it was, um, that it was Verity who kind of sort of fleshed it out for him, I guess, anyway, okay. that he, um, and so, so yeah, he doesn't want anything to do with Pro. uh, Cup is dead, and those are really the only links to the past apart from Impactor, and now he and Impactor have sort of gone separate ways, he knows where Impactor is, that he's sort of in with a bad lot, but he doesn't want anything to do with that either. But now he sort of felt, look, if I need to talk to someone about my past and about like, you know, how I felt about cup, whether, you know, impactor, you know, was, was friendly with cup or not. Impactor's who I need to talk to. He's the only, he's all I have left. And so they set up a rendezvous with impactor and, and, and that's, that's where we start recording the records. It's um, a road trip uh, kind of across America to meet impactor and while this is going on. There's a uh, the United States has kind of fallen in with a kind of a, uh, falling in step with kind of a kind of like a Katie Hopkins type figure, but like a, with like an anti Cybertronian sort of stance. So it's sort of someone who will just spin bullshit for clicks, and um, and is just enjoying kind of where that's going, and has an agenda of her own and stuff. But but is is you know mainly sort of it's happy to sort of like, so kind of dissent and, uh, um, this anti-cybertronian sort of tide will, will kind of help, help what she's hoping to achieve. And, um,
3: how, how do you come up with these ideas? I don't know.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, can't, I mean, yeah, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a Catholic who watches current TV. <laughs>
2: it's, uh, it's been nice of Katie Hopkins to do some promotion for the book this week by getting herself <laughs> back in the news again.
1: Uh, is she in this evening? I didn't know that. Really, See, that, uh, she, she went
2: to Brussels and complained that it was full of foreigners. Oh, She'll God. jump on comics games. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah. she's welcome to it she uh, it would be yeah i mean it it, it, it is hard to argue with someone who's saying look these giant robots are maybe not good for our planet but you know in in the context of transformers um this person is is, you know not to be trusted she's in that that willful thing of like uh they're all bad you know but uh um so yeah so she's they're taking a road trip across america and they're kind of like have the deal with sort of this sort of level of kind of growing descent on planet earth uh and yeah and then you find out what impactor has been doing and impactor has been sort of uh, in deep with mayhem and mayhem's thing is about going in deep um kind of hiding in deep disguise and uh can integrate in themselves with earth uh in various different ways and um impactor uh has been doing that as well as he can uh, <laughs> the way he does so um yeah and so that that's kind of it really that that's kind of i I kind of don't want to say too much more because it kind of that that kind of that kind of gets you as far as kind of maybe page six or so and then kind of after that it kind of all kind of gets tipped upside down and yeah you get to sort of uh see meet meet new characters and uh be reminded of old characters okay and uh yeah and i think yeah this this character this this anti-cybertronian campaigner she's a lot of fun to write as well. I kind of like just that level of invective, you know. It's just really, it was kind of fun to, to kind of spin, spin into, uh, yeah, just like yeah, just screeds of hate. But but you know, for entertainment, so it's fun. <laughs> <laughs>
3: do do you, do you like writing unlikable characters? Yeah, I
1: do. Yeah, and I wish I didn't. <laughs> I wish I. I'm, I'm I'm trying to write stuff at the moment, and 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 like just for kind of you know that is. Um, That is, uh, yeah, stuff that's on spec. I can, you know, create your own stuff, and uh, yeah, just the 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 assholes are just way easier to write, aren't they? (laughs) They're just, and you say they're unlikable. They're unlikable if they're in real life, but I find that they're usually quite. They're often the kind of characters that you know, in on the page, you're like, oh yeah, I would like to see more of these people, but I would hate to, I would hate to live next door to them, you know. Mm. You're um, a wrestling fan, aren't you, Nick? I am, I am, yeah, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lapsed fan and everything that that entails. So it's well,
0: kind of, the, you know, your overlords and your tarantuluses and uh, your Katie Hopkins. They do. I, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I, I don't really follow wrestling much, but I am aware of the concept of the heel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I and mean, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, you, you like a heel.
1: I, I yeah yeah I I like a heel to to right I think but then. I like probably my favorite wrestler is like Bret Hart, who is like ridiculously, you know, pure than, you know, in his own words. But, you know, like the the character he portrayed is always very much a kind of a, you know, straight down the line, like, you know, sort of guy. And never, you know, it's uh, not that interesting, but one sort of thing like, to inspire to, like to aspire to and kind of and those kind of characters always work. Like, I mean, like my, my favorite turtle was like Leonardo, you know, and my favorite X-Men was. Cyclops, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's only, it's only the older I get. I kind of appreciate the kind of the, the more, uh, the the fun that is being had, I guess, I guess the thing as a kid, I used to take that sort of stuff seriously. So I was like, I'm not going to like the bad guy. And now I kind of realize that like, you don't have to be a bad, person to like a bad guy but then i would a bad guy would say that wouldn't they um that's how it starts exactly it starts yeah. with being sympathetic to fictional villains it is it is but then that's why i'm striving striving tom to write these uh, these kind of positive characters and give people kind of happy endings and kind of and i that's that's very much in evidence i hope in requiem that i'm really trying to go look there has to be another way you know, I might be naive, but like, that's, let's try it, eh? And, um, and especially in someone like Springer, like I kind of like the, uh, I've said in other places, I think that he's, he's struggling between being an Autobot and being a wrecker. And it's, uh, it's, it's kind of all about at the end of the day, which side is going to win, I think. Um, and I know which side I want to win. Uh, uh, you know, and, and, but yeah, there is there is definitely like a fun, but in 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 writing villains. But I mean, I, I remember that even from being in a, like sort of likes to be in like plays and pantomimes and things like that. And I kind of like the villains are always the best best parts. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of <laughs> Captain Hooks. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, it's something you've not talked about in in your um, Transformers uh, hat. But um, I'm very curious about
1: the pantos. You did <laughs> quite a lot of that for a number of years, right? I did about twenty of them. Yeah, from when I was like wow. seven up till I was twenty-seven. Yeah, and uh, I wrote eight of those uh and uh yeah i loved it i miss it so much it's been like it's been like 11 12 yeah i guess 12 years since the last time i was in one now and i just um i'd love to go back but it was I was uh I, I moved i moved from the ta- it was a very like, it was very much sort of big fish in a small pond because like the town i'm from wexford town is very very small southeast of ireland so you know getting to be sort of uh uh you know the to, to to help run the panto society down there is not the same as sort of going up to dublin and going hey can i do this up here and but it, but it <laughs> but it coincided with me sort of getting work in in comics and getting professional work and it just wasn't it just wasn't the time to really kind of do both but i think that's why i enjoy stuff like stuff like this people just listening to me but especially on conventions you know like i like, I like being up on stage and having a mic because i get to show off and kind of um you know play the crowd but i'd, I'd love to I'd love to go back and, and do all that stuff again and it's, it's the only it's the only sort of experience I had of writing really you know and kind of like uh, I wasn't really I wasn't like James really writing fan fiction or uh, writing prose or anything like that Um, I did write my, my own comics when I was a teenager but I uh, it was only through my 20s and kind of like writing the dialogue of Pantos and trying to reinvent them as best we could so that they weren't the hoary old uh, kind of shite <laughs> that they had been you know but but by reinvent them sort of go hey let's just make it like Blackadder and The Simpsons and then we'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> But back when Could- The Simpsons was good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I knew I knew nothing better in, in the year 2000. The Simpsons were only, only good by that stage, yeah.
2: yeah. Did you get many big-name uh, celebrities in your pantos? No. Did you get, like, the cranky? No, that's of- it. And
1: see, it's only... Because all the regional pantos are very much, like, they community theatre sort of things. They're that sort of celebrity panto, which does happen in, like, Dublin and, and maybe Cork and Belfast, I think. But the thing is, when you do that, you have to... Like write with them in mind, and you have to write with their. And I, I, I didn't like that in pantos because I always thought that took. Because when they did sort of like write like local sort of jokes and kind of political humor into the pantos and stuff, it just took you out of the kind of the the, the kind of the, the land or the world you're sort of trying to create. I think you know. So even though you know we'd have kind of contemporary humor, it wouldn't be referencing whatever political scandals were kind of going on like you know uh, because i just you know the kids don't it's one thing having jokes for adults but not sort of stuff that's kind of gonna you know make kids go what the you know like it's a you you know it's like pixar and the simpsons always got that right i think of kind of finding finding the levels i think you know and uh this would be like loftily comparing my my pantomimes my my uh, my reskinned fairy tales to uh, the likes of uh, the simpsons and, and the pixar uh movies who's this Horatio alga guy he must work <laughs> what oh there's a line from the simpsons oh i'm sorry so uh, that's 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 a that's a uh, fair weather i am tom i'm sorry
2: <laughs> well uh, so speaking of uh, sort of big panto villains uh, I saw on the free comic book day uh, unicorn issue you're credited as a story oh, consultant oh yeah cool yeah yeah I would be yeah. so uh, what, what did that involve if, if you could tell us much told about everyone listen stage. mate it needs
1: to be some fucking planets and they were like yeah mate
2: <laughs> and so uh, that was my idea <laughs>
1: uh he no we we had a there was like it was really nice they kind of had me james Margaret, and john were all kind of this little think tank brain trust thing and uh and then carlos guzman at the time was who was editor and like over the course of the summer we'd have kind of conference calls and um i mean james would kind of go yeah yep yeah, sure yeah and then john would just be firing out ideas and just if there's a gap in a story he just fill it and we're like why 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 are we here but it was um it was good no it was good we definitely kind of shaped things and kind of between us we were all able to kind of figure out more so what we didn't want or didn't need and what had been done before and kind of how to sort of do something different and i'm honestly not sure kind of how much of it made it into it but it was a uh, i do remember at one stage john was describing unicron and about how he wanted him to look and i as the only artist writer on the team i was saying. Don't do that. Someone has to draw that. Don't do that job. <laughs> but I think he might have done it anyway. And luckily, Alex is the one drawing it, so he he can draw anything. <laughs> so he it's got Really
3: like you there with uh, getting Alex on that. I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, it's, he's the only one who is sort of like a masochistic and <laughs> and talented enough. Uh, I don't know what the equation of masochism divided by talent equals equals Alex Milne, I guess so. It's um, so yeah. So but it was yeah. So I, who knows? Who knows how it made it? But it's nice. to nice to got credited. Yeah, we did quite a few long meetings. It was just nice to be asked because, I mean, Mergrave, John and James had the ongoings and stuff and I was just kind of just there to say, right, you guys aren't using Springer, okay? Okay, good. Click. <laughs> um, and that, that was kind of it. Uh, I mean, Yeah, I mean, at one stage they were sort of saying, will we will we kind of bring the records in? And I was like, look, if you, if you don't need them, don't, don't use them because it would give me a lot of freedom to do what I need to do with them. So <laughs> if they don't show up and it's kind of nice then because Sin, Requiem doesn't need to be, you know, there's nothing. Unicron isn't, you know, you don't need to read. Obviously, you do read Unicron, it's amazing. But um, it, uh, you, you won't need to have read Unicron. And, and you know, ultimately, the only books you will need to have read to enjoy Requiem in the Records is Last Stand and Sins, you know. The, the, the only downside of Requiem, I think, is that Sins and Last Stand, Last Stand, obviously, and Sins, maybe not as much, but you could hopefully read them as sort of standalones. I tried to write them as best I could. So, that the, all the information you had, but you know, with the 40 pages that we have in Requiem, uh, there's probably a little bit that you might need to kind of be familiar with, or just you know, or at least would help. But, um, but yeah, no, it's good. That's nice. That's, that's, that's nice. We got credited. That's cool.
3: So, what does the future hold, Nick? What are your plans going forward?
1: I am unemployed. No, I am not unemployed. I am uh, writing. I'm trying to write stuff at the moment. Uh, I'm kind of decided to get a couple of things in. So, I have one create your own pitch in to a company that I will hopefully hear about. I will, I know I will definitely hear back from them because oftentimes you send off to companies um, and you don't hear back from them. But luckily I know that I will hear back one way or the other. I'm very interested to see which one it'll be obviously. And that's something I'm writing and drawing. And then I'm currently writing something that will be handed in this week. And we'll see what happens then after that. And then, so, and then that, like, so this time next week, I'll be kind of going back to editors going, right, I'm available for drawing work again. Come and give me some drawing work, please. And hopefully the people who will give me drawing work will be um, Marvel and or DC. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see. But uh, but yeah. And you've got a friend at Skybound. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah,
1: so, yeah we'll, so we'll see. We'll see what that person says to me this week so <laughs> um, yeah it's cool that's been interesting yeah, that was nice because that person Chris Royal, he, he, he mentioned me in both his outgoing speech in IDW and his uh, new speech in Skybound so that's good got him on his mind and, um, and oh. he's emailed me to sort of say he'd like to do some work with me so that's kind of cool so I mean there's another publisher I'll hopefully do something with down the line but we'll see uh, uh, Cool, but it's nice to know, nice know there's options uh, but it was weird there's a period there where all my editors um, quit so, my so, uh, uh, yeah, so John, oh, Carlos and Transformers kind of left, and then, uh, Heather Antos, my Spider Man editor, left, and also the editor who was working with her, uh, Jordan White, left to work on X Men. So maybe I can get some X Men work, we'll see. um, Sarah Gaydos, who I, was doing, I did some Star Trek work with, I was doing some covers with her, she left just as I started to do some work with her, and then, you know, my, uh, my, uh, my my golden goose Chris Roy left, <laughs> so it was uh, f 3 and like he was the guy who hired me in the first place, and you know he'd often find me stuff to do. So uh, it was it did start to feel personal for a little while, but um, they've all assured me they've all lied to me to say it <laughs> wasn't. So
2: uh, he he's gonna need some sort of avatar for the uh, the letters page or whatever he's doing for Robert Kirkman. So he's oh, need you some don't don't, as a zombie. don't you
1: don't you think that I uh, haven't already sent him some really crawly sort of. <laughs> <crista>. <laughs> I drew, you, I drew you a picture, mate. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that works out. But no, it's good. It's be good. Uh, we'll see. No, no, we'll see. And 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 it, 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 I think it's, it's hopefully good news for me that John Barber is, is editor-in-chief at IDW you now as well. So, so I've got like a good relationship with him. So I will hopefully see what he can find me to do. But it's interesting, that, you know, because I can't, count on and i, I i'm kind of i'm kind of happy as i say i think i'm kind of happy not to be drawing transformers now i think it's kind of a nice nice time to sort of like leave it you know and uh see who else is coming on board uh but yeah interesting interesting times
0: uh without giving too much away of course just at the pit stage but what sort of things would you be drawing more of in your creator oh
1: creator own uh, thing that i'm trying to do more of is it's that ghost story thing that i'm kind of do it's kind of a it's set in the real world but with supernatural kind of horror elements and sort of thing i just never thought i'd i'd kind of come up with really but as it's also got to do a lot of parental anxiety in it so lots of kids in danger that sort of fun stuff that sells so um so that that's kind of it really um and um, I had a couple of ideas, and one one was kind of like a kind of a sci-fi space opera thing. And apparently, thinks that maybe that would have been the thing to kind of pitch because if I have any sort of inbuilt sort of readership, there they know me for kind of drawing, you know, spacey things and kind of you know mech armor and things like that. So maybe that's the sort of thing I should, you know, people would be more inclined to sort of say yes to me for it. Goes, oh yeah, well Nick Roach is the robot guy. Maybe maybe we'll let him draw some space stuff. So um, but. That, that could be my next thing that could be my next thing but that's it's kind of nice it's just I like drawing humans now I like, I like drawing whether I'm good at them or not I'm not sure but I'll, I'll get better if I draw more of them so uh, oh so I, I love your Spider-Man oh thanks so much Marion cheers I wasn't I wasn't you're, 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 you're back on points now I think you've, you've reached uh, Oh, thank uh, you the, no worries Stuart Stuart's not even trying um, <laughs> why bother well yeah um, well. um, yeah, thanks thank you very much i wasn't i wasn't uh i wasn't looking for compliments but thank you uh but yeah i just i like drawing i like drawing i think i just think there's there definitely is i think more future for me drawing especially transformers kind of off the table as it were you know i think it's a, uh, it's good that i kind of look to other places to do that sort of stuff i, th- I think i would like to draw a creator own superhero thing but i think that's an almost impossible thing to pitch and to kind of make money on i think you know, I think kind of other things you can maybe have a bit more of a singular voice in, but kind of pitching superheroes and it not being a Marvel and DC. I kind of think they're they're going to be a hard sell. I think and I think that's what you go to other publishers for as well. You go to to them to not get superheroes. You know, so we'll see. I do have an idea for one. Is, but, yeah.
0: is that one of the strategies? Is this is what you've done in Requiem. Have you made your own team of Neo Knights? Well, do you know what? So <laughs>
1: someone said to me the other day. They asked if. um mp3 from the revolution one shot was in and i made exactly that noise tom i was like i fucking wish he was why
2: did this was that was that was the ragnarok element we needed you know so um G- gi did joe needs something to get it back on track that could be mp3, MP3. Is-, is
1: the answer isn't he mp3 is the key to the reboot i think so yeah i would have loved to put mp3 into it that would have been it would have been good it would have been and yeah i mean I, there was no that's as like i say, there was no room for like new characters or new not new characters new story elements i guess essentially apart from you know the ones that have with this this kind of this this agitator this anti cybertronian agitator but um but then she she catalyzes and she kind of brings the rest of everyone else's story to their natural conclusion but yeah i mean yeah mp3 would have been yeah fun fun <laughs> but maybe i mean a lot of people would say that he was a, an, an excess too far an indulgence too far as it was so <laughs>
3: In that issue, I'm not sure there was such a thing.
1: I, no, I mean, I don't think so. I'm, I'm bad. I mean, I, mean I, I I remember who I said it to. Maybe it was you guys before, just in conversation. But it feels like that Revolution one shot, the more than me say Revolution one shot that James and I co-wrote together, that feels more like the sort of people that James and I are in real life, I think, and how we interact with each other than the sort of the kind of emotional sort of like, you know, the emotional sledgehammering that we like to sort of dole out. You know, with with the (laughs) the stuff, and it's never intentional, but you just find out like we've we've written a sad story again, James. Yeah, so have I, Nick. So it's (laughs) so it was nice that we kind of like yeah, we were we were sort of feeding into each other with the uh, the revolution one shot. So. With all, with all the snooker references in it what a load of bullshit <laughs> is,
3: that, is that I didn't get but thankfully other people explained to me so. and yeah you didn't
1: need to get them again it was just more indulgence it was just more sort of like oh this, this makes me laugh and James was like I'm glad it makes someone laugh I'm like well we're doing it anyway so i um, have had enough, enough Bell and Sebastian and Divine Comedy references in so we're going to get some uh some of uh, some references to the sport of kings, into-
2: and <laughs> it, it can't all be Red wolf jokes. It has to be something else exactly, in as well.
1: Exactly, yeah. It has to be it has to be a bit of clack, yeah, a little bit of clack playing.
2: So uh, looking uh, forward, May is quite a busy month for you in terms of stuff that's out there, as well as Requiem. There's a- so
1: in terms of repackaging my uh, my back catalogue. Uh, yeah. you, you've got me uh,
2: British newsagents now. Your Spider-Man arc is collected in a big chunky issue. I think it's uh, a astonishing you- Spider-Man. That's right.
1: That's right. It's issue one as well, which is, I didn't, they're, they're renumbering it. So it's volume seven of Astonishing Spider-Man and they're renumbering it from issue one. And yeah, it's, it's a weird, I I only just got it today. It's a weird thing. So my, my, if you wanted my Spider-Man stuff and you hadn't picked it up, it's available. And, and you know what? British news agents, that's, that's, that's coming. That's the big time. That is legitimately, now I am, have made it in comics. So, so you can get my Spider-Man art. You can get the first 25 pages of my 30, no, my first 20 pages no, hang on a second. The first 50 pages of my 60 Spider Man pages in this one issue. So it's really strange. So next issue, they're going to do the last 10 pages of it, I guess. So it's a weird one. But if you want to get most of it, it's out now. And it's really it's like, it's like five quid or something like that, or if not cheaper. So um, it's really, really good value. Um, so there's that. That's nice. And then, yeah, back on British newsstands as well, the Last Stand of the records hardcover is going to be out as part of the Hachette, Hachette, Hachette um a definitive collection uh and the nice thing about that to try and like you know hooker these suckers in not hooker these suckers in that's a different thing hook these suckers in um <laughs> is uh is there's lots of like new back matter especially for and there's an interview with me that simon Furman has conducted and um that was a nice little power sort of uh reversal i really enjoyed that um <laughs> and enjoyed condescending like you know sort of brick walling him on on a lot of the answers no next um what's your inspiration no one simon i'm fully formed um that but there's loads of um there's loads of stuff that yeah hasn't been seen before so there's just like there's there's um pictures of like the original handwritten drafts or the very first draft of last stand of the records before James was even on board and kind of really early sketchbook stuff of uh, I like, I think like guzzle and overlord character designs there before they were in any way solidified. And it's just scribble, but it's kind of, it's literally that sort of thing of, and I'm going to compare myself to Michelangelo now uh, over the whole thing. Of, oh, yeah. 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 Pretty much. Yeah. It's just my pizza intake alone um, and dated eighties um, surf references that, yeah the, the 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 you know the, the characters there in the stone all along so it's the same with all the uh, these sketches just scribbles but you know the, uh, w- by the end of it you've got pyro and rotor storm and um some of the other guys i can't bother to remember um <laughs> and so that's out and yeah what else is out there's more the, uh, oh, yeah the Swedish th- is it the yeah. Swedish <laughs> records Sista Street, is how I think it might be pronounced I'm not sure that's going to be at Retcon in the last week end of May yeah first weekend of June uh, it's a Swedish language version of Last Stand of the Records and me and James are guests sorry James and I are guests at uh, the Retcon the Swedish Transformers convention and I think there's only 500 copies of this going to be available somehow they've managed to they've doing all the legal dealings and they've pulled that out of the bag and and there's this um really unique swedish language version of last time of the records that actually contains uh spotlight cup and all of the megatron 15 uh everything in its right place so it's it's got the prequels in it as well which the Records saga won't have unfortunately but it's um uh so yeah it's interesting interesting repackaging and everything's got something new so we're kind of trying to trying to you know convince ourselves that we're not just uh milking this uh these at the arid udders of a <laughs> of a desiccated cow um <laughs> for this yeah.
3: oh so be, so people like me who've been hanging on to the last and hardback waiting for the equivalent for sins to come out just have to give up and I get one know. of these I right maybe so and I wish I wish it wasn't the case It's um
1: I really wish it wasn't the case because so, yeah, since has got a strange sort of deal on the, on, the, on the publication front it it's not It kind of went out of print, I think, because they wanted to sort of publicise this this record Saga thing. But it's weird that it's kind of not even available in paperback form. So I I need to check on that because it would be a shame. And I honestly don't know what their publishing strategy going ahead is. Is is record Saga going to be it from now on or will there ever be Last Stand kind of in single single volumes again? I'm not sure. I mean, look, it's every home. It's it's, it's like the... um, the David Gray's white ladder of um, Transformers graphic novels now at this stage, you know, it's kind of every home has one and no one's really sure who fucking bought it in the first place. So it's uh, um, so, um, but yeah, uh, Sins. Yeah. I wish, I wish it was getting, I'm, I'm really, at least with Sins, the, the paperback has got like some nice kind of extras in it, but uh, yeah, it's a shame that didn't kind of get the, uh, the treatment that, that uh, it did that last standard. I think it would kind of, um, mm yeah it kind of raises it standing a little bit you know I'm still immensely proud of it and I think I'm happier with Sins than I was last time but um, but that's just probably because it's the most recent thing you know it feels like it feels like it should be better even if it isn't Uh, but then you look back Mm. on Spotlight Cup and then you're like I think that might be I think that might be the best thing I've ever done why have have I bothered wasting (laughs) my time ever since I I think everyone's sort of like yeah (laughs) you can see in their eyes when you say that at conventions they're like yeah yeah mate (laughs) (laughs) And it's nice that we agree, but it's also. <laughs> um. uh, speaking of conventions, uh, you're at my RETCON. Con, so everyone get their arses there. It's my only convention of the year until I go to TF Nation. In August. <laughs> uh, yeah, TF Nation is how you're going to see me on UK soil, and I think I'm going to do a North American one, but I haven't figured out which one it's going to be, but I'll be doing one of the TF Cons. Yeah. And I, I hope to do Thought Bubble, but I, that that's usually the last. the first one to go off the list if I if I am busy. So, um, yeah, I know Aww. it's a shame. We've got to get a
2: panto God, together. Let's, let's write a panto.
1: Let's write a panto for one of these conventions. That will be no problem.
2: I can't no, say. Are we going to get a brummy translation of uh, Last Sand of Records <laughs> Wreckers? TF Nation?
1: I think I have to. I have to hit some people up. I'd have to get like uh, some of my my TF Nation pals for that. So yeah, I don't know.
2: it will so be the talks like Noddy Holder.
3: Yeah. Uh, Oh we're gonna do a Yorkshire version for Salt Bobble. Uh, yeah, I'll do
2: it for
1: yeah yeah, like a
2: really broad
1: Leeds version of for uh, for last stand <laughs> at Wreckers <laughs> Sins at Wreckers <laughs> I remember when it was all just Requiem um As far <laughs> as art can see. And then yeah, Brummie. is just yeah, like I said, the study hole's just slayed, isn't it? So yeah, just
2: no, he's he's um, not a brummy, Nick. I was setting you up there with a trick. Oh, ah, you dickhead. Different, uh, very different well, thing.
1: I, I always assume because he's, he's referred to as being from the black country, I always assume yeah, that he's... Um...
2: Wolverhampton. It's very, very oh, different. Wolverhampton, like... yeah. Oh,
1: Shame. If Shame if on me.
2: I'm so, I'm so racist. Library, Noddy Holder talks to you with a lift. That's uh, Get you, Really, Holder, that.
1: does he? Oh... Now I will visit Wolverhampton. I, I planned on deliberately eschewing it forever, but now it's it's
2: it's leaped to the top of my must visit. I think it's recorded. He's not like in the lift with you every time.
0: <laughs> it took me quite a while to realize that's what you're he, talking um, about
1: like. But yeah, I, he's I think he is the only, <laughs> only member of Slade that doesn't have to work as well. I think he's kind of he's he, he's he's got all the royalties from all the like Merry Christmas and things like that. So he's he's the one that when they say oh nod will you get the band back together for us? And he's like, no, get out and get with it. So, sorry.
2: I think we've just lost all our Wolverhampton listeners. (laughs) (laughs) But we've
1: gained the ones from Kurdistan.
3: (laughs) Nick, um, we have this thing that we do uh, when we interview people on this podcast, which is we're going to give you a name. Oh, yes. Sure. of a character and then you're going to give us three words Excellent. to describe them. Yes. Okay. So, character number 1 is Hapka.
1: small, yellow,
3: dead. <laughs> Surely that's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All uh, right. The,
1: the only other words I think maybe is dead. Sorry, Sarah to uh, Sarah Petre de Rocher. Uh but dead is always going to be one of the worst <laughs> in Nobcap's description
3: you know James Roberts has a reputation for killing off characters but I think that's you I think that's definitely you I think,
1: you, yeah, not I think James. yeah if you if you yeah if you look at the amount of pages that you've written compared to characters dead yeah I think I think my uh, proportionately I've killed off I'm I'm just as mm-hmm. likely to kill off a character than James I think yeah especially in Sins Jeez, Jesus
0: I mean Outback's dead on page two I think
1: yeah it's yeah, so. true
0: actually yeah. Jay, yeah and they kept him dead So it, it's weird now that he's a corrupt cop and then cups referring
1: it's true actually to like yeah incredible. it's true yeah and then there was another case of the editorial kind of not quite sure what's going on because uh, Megatron, Megatron Origins was happening at the time and he was in that and then they had to change it to Fastback last minute because remember Eric Holmes going you, you bastard, roach! So, but it was a. But either way, no, no, none of these characters are really. I mean, I think I think Outback did more dead than he did as fastback. So yeah. Um, but yeah, that's. I, I'll, what, what other what other characters have we got?
3: Okay, tidal wave. Uh, <laughs> I
1: hope he's not dead. He's my favorite. Sad. Um, sad. A uh, lonely mammal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Why are so relatable? He's um,
1: all we, uh, weeping lonely blowhole.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh. Okay, number three, Impactor. Mm.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry it's just a, a, laughing like an arsehole I'm sorry uh, impactor um, bad dad <laughs> bad po- pointy dad <laughs> <laughs> oh man I, all the big words okay. all the big
0: words If he, when they make another toy of him, yeah, I can imagine that just being in the the sort of you know trilingual, trilingual, that in German, in French, turns from bad
1: pointy dad into tank (laughs) question mark
3: and back. (laughs) I can't wait to see the fan art, (laughs) and I'll add the last one, Verity. Oh
1: man, Verity! Yeah, I can't even say something mean about Verity dead no <laughs> oh A dying dying dead 30 <laughs> <laughs> um, first last everything
2: oh very cryptic I, I think that's better than James did the last time we played that game with him where he just didn't remember any of the characters we named <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there was.
1: Yeah, there was. I know. I was gonna. Say, I was gonna say some more verity stuff. We'll do. We, I mean, there'll, there'll be more chats between you with you guys. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll all still stay friends, even though, uh, even though Transformers is coming to an end, as we know. It, so, but yeah, if there's any.
3: And even though you'll have killed all our favorite characters,
1: I'll have killed the best ones, which are you know, let's admit it, the ones that are left in records. So yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. No, no, I'm not. Not everyone. Not everyone dies, but not everyone lives. So this um oh god i can't wait for you guys to read it uh do 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 let me know if for some reason you manage to read it before uh, other people do and if you if, if you get a chance to let me know do let me know what you think of it um but you know, but you, know you don't have to because that's that takes time and effort and shit. but uh, yeah i hope oh, th- thumbs up or down would be good Thumb thumb some sideways are expected because you go this is clearly a five issue miniseries crammed into 40 pages <laughs>
3: before we wrap up nick um where can people find you on the internet or elsewhere You know,
1: i mean i'm sure everyone's feeling this way these days are you, are you getting to the stage where you kind of don't want people to find you anymore <laughs> it's a, if people want to be fun to find me i i am on twitter come and say hello it's it's a, it's a, hopefully it's a nice safe place when i'm when i'm bothered um uh so it's just at nick roach on twitter i have a blog but i usually only use that when i'm uh, sort of like putting up um commission lists for conventions but uh that's kind of the place to find me really and then apart from kind of the requiem of the records which is out on the 30th uh the last Transformers was comic you'll ever need to buy uh before the next one um uh, and then the reprints, there's kind of nothing kind of coming up really um, that you'll be able to buy, but hopefully I'll have news in the next few months of like new stuff coming out that doesn't necessarily have robots in it. Um, I, I, may I say before I go, thank you so much for this. I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you so much. As I knew I would. Thanks for waiting for me. I know it's been ages sort of promising and failing to deliver. Uh, I, hopefully it won't be the feeling after Wrecking with the Records.
3: <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for joining us, Nick. Yeah, thank you, Nick. It's been great
1: having you.
2: Last week I was hanging around with Christopher Eccleston and you're definitely on that same sort of level, Nick. You've you've equaled him.
1: Kind of, um, kind of grumpy and sort of not really worth oh, waiting for.
2: Him. He was so nice. He was just oh, so no, good. I am glad to hear
1: that. I am He's, glad to hear that. I know he. I mean, I, I, yeah, I have only heard good things. But yeah, he, he. It's yes, yes. Uh, good. I am. I am the Christopher Eccleston of Transformers, the person who was there, kind of when it restarted. And um, you kind of, yeah, you're wondering why is he? Why did we bother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: How about cheerful legs?
3: (laughs) 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 Bye bye everybody. Bye bye, Podcast Max